Welcome to the Salted Podcast, where we are translating and transforming our view of politics, pop culture, and personal preference. In this episode, we discuss the new reality of living in a world where artificial intelligence is a part of our everyday lives, and how does the gospel worldview apply to this new paradigm? Let's get salty. Welcome to the Salted Podcast. My name is Yon. This is Dan. And we're talking artificial intelligence today. And let me paint a little scenario for you right off the bat. Do you like to fly on planes? I don't, you know, and I cannot get used to it. Um, I'm more used to it than before, but not completely. The The takeoff and the landing in particular uh, make me pretty jittery. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, this is a good question for you. So okay. let's say, hypothetically, you were walking up to your gate to get onto an airplane, and you saw a bunch of people who looked like nerds, glasses, Pocket protectors, maybe some lab coats, and okay. you said, "Hey, who are you? What are you doing here?" And they said, "Oh, we're just nice to meet you. We are, we we represent fifty percent of the engineers who want to uh, who design the airplane you're about to get on." You're like, "Oh, great! Nice to see you. What are you doing here?" Uh, we just want you to let you know there's a uh, greater than ten percent chance that uh, at, when you're at thirty thousand feet, your plane's going to crash and everyone on board's going to die. Would you get on the airplane? These people represent half the engineers who the built it, who designed it and built it. Yes, and they said, and they said, one there's a one out of ten chance this plane comes crashing. A greater down. than one oh, out of ten chance. No, no. no? Well, dear listener, would you get on the airplane? I don't know. I don't think I'd get on that airplane. I definitely wouldn't. Maybe if I wasn't married and had kids, I might be like, eh, let's just. It's a well, good story. well, listen. That means there's a good chance that every ten planes that goes up crashes correct yep yeah no no thank you and i know the other 50 percent of the science the the engineers may say that's that's um untrue right that's right. it's not a reliable but those half that are what if they're right what if they're right and that ladies and gentlemen is where we currently stand with the engineers who are developing artificial intelligence ai but, yes but instead of a fiery plane death for just the people on the plane it is uh, a greater than 10% chance of the extinction of the human race. Oh, my god! As a result of artificial intelligence. So they say extinction, not just complication. Yeah, no, we're not like, yeah. It's not like, oh ah, well, we, it's no, the, there's a, so the, to repeat that, 50% of the engineers who are currently working on AI responded saying there's a greater than 10% chance that it leads to the extinction of the human race. <laughs> that's insane. So that can't that's be. how we're going to start our artificial <laughs> intelligence conversation. Oh, man. Because I don't know about you, but I seem to think that that's what the conversation is around AI in a lot of it's like it's either going to be really wonderful and I can we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about why, how it's wonderful and stuff. But it's also when is this going to turn bad and right. really kill everybody on the right. planet? It's like a bad horror movie. It's like a bad horror movie when it happens. So. Welcome to the episode. That's what we're talking about. And um, at the end, in our personal preferences, uh, you're going to hear about whether or not we actually use the AI, the very primitive AI that we have available to us, to us now in like Siri and Google and Alexa and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, if you're listening and you haven't heard of ChatGPT, um, then go pause, do a quick little... Google search? I don't know. Do we do Google, Google Google searches anymore? We'll see. I don't know. Uh, but ChatGPT is a massive um, artificial intelligence communication. Like you can have a conversation, research, do all sorts of stuff. 
Um, it, Microsoft has now integrated artificial intelligence into all their operating systems. Uh, Snapchat, if you're on Snapchat, I don't know who's on Snapchat anymore, but there's apparently a little artificial intelligent friend that oh, in, in, in the absence of other friends, you can have a conversation with this uh, fake friend. Um, and artificial intelligence has been unleashed on the world, and we live in the time of artificial intelligence. It's not the thing of sci-fi movies. It's not the thing of, like, the Terminator movies I watched growing up with Skynet. It's not the things of the future. It's the present, and um, we are living in the artificial intelligent world. So is it fair to say, Yon, that artificial intelligence, essentially, if you're really unfamiliar with it, can't you just say that it's a digital research assistant? That is one thing you could say okay. about it being a digital research assistance. There are there's a couple different levels of artificial intelligence, such so as we can kind of clarify in some baseline definitions. So, um, artificial intelligence is the ability to um, essentially solve problems or learn stuff on its own. So, oh, you okay. program a computer to do things. Um, artificial general intelligence is the fact that you can uh, teach a computer to. Um, take a principle of learning and apply it broadly to a whole bunch of different oh. disciplines. So that's the general intelligence. And then there's artificial superintelligence, which is the ultimate, which you compare that with like, or you pair that with quantum computing and you have a super intelligence that um, far exceeds any human's ability to uh, brain capacity to okay. make calculations. And so it, um, that's what it does. Well, that all doesn't sound like trouble. That sounds like advancement. It sounds like, it sounds like advancement. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And this is actually an interesting, I mean, we did a whole, we did three-part series on transhumanism, so there's some parallels that run in here in terms of the worldviews that are informing why AI is going the way it's going. Um, but we are currently living in, in the time of artificial intelligence, and here's one kind of big statistic. And like I said at the beginning, ChatGPT, that's kind of like the hot-button artificial intelligence um, program that's out there right now. And just as a way of comparison of saying, well, well, are we really in the artificial intelligence world? Well, um, here's a, here's, here's the speed in which chat GPT gained 100 million active users. Okay. That's kind of like, again, if you run an app or software, you measure your success by like daily active users, um, or monthly active users. So some of these wide uh, spread software apps that we already use, we should um, probably go backwards. Yeah, yeah, list. exactly. Yeah. So sp let's say Spotify, yeah. we were on Spotify. Um, it took, I know lo everyone listens to Spotify. Lots of people do. It took Spotify four and a half years to get 100 million okay, uh, monthly, monthly users. So um, Pinterest, does anyone use Pinterest? Yeah. Oh, really? I know someone who owns shares in Pinterest. He's just waiting for it to come back. Um, Pinterest, it took them three and a half years to get 100 million monthly users. Instagram, seems like everybody's got an Instagram yeah. account. Uh, two and a half years to get 100 million Whoa. active users. TikTok. I would have guessed that that was the top one. I would have guessed that, that was pretty quick. Right? Yeah. Uh, TikTok. Um, again, sweeping the nation by storm over the last year or so. Um, nine months. Ooh. Nine months to get 100 million users. In ChatGPT, it took them two months. Wow. Two months to gain 100 million active monthly users. So That's incredible. People are using it. Not only are they using it, but they are rushing to it, and they're wanting to, to use the... Um, so if you're the if this is the first time you're hearing of chat GPT, you are welcome. Yes, you're welcome. You yeah. cannot live without an episode of the Salted Podcast and know anything about what's happening in the exactly. world. Like I said, if you don't know what it is, Pause this episode, Google it, or if you're driving or running, say, hey, Siri, 
tell me about ChatGPT, and it will pull up some helpful information so you have some context as to what we're talking about. <laughs> you activated my Siri. Oh, look at that. <laughs> it you, works. If you didn't hear that in the uh, in your speakers, I uh, turned on your phone Siri. So wonderful. So it does work. So we are literally experiencing the world of artificial intelligence as we speak. And you you brought this to my attention uh, a couple of days ago is that you saw an article of the fact that the uh, the head of Google's artificial intelligence program recently quit. Yeah. I mean, TBH, this is when artificial intelligence got my attention recently. Yeah. This is when I started paying attention to what we're facing. I read that, that the godfather of AI who was employed by Google in developing their AI department and their, their platform quit his role. And he did that so that he could be free to travel around and warn the world about what artificial intelligence is doing and going to do. And as you recall, the social media inventors have done the same, but long after social media had right. already taken its roots. Right. And then they were able to see what it was doing and then they got their kids off it, they got off it. And then now they're warning people about social media. But here, here's somebody developing before it hits really what we would call what retail or right. full development. And he's saying, we got to stop. Yeah. We got to stop it. Yeah. And that is what we are going to. Um, you mentioned the social media uh, guys who, who went around post social media pandemic or the inventors, endemic, right? The, some of the people, the inventors, they did a documentary called The Social Dilemma, which we reference in our social media episode. Uh, but they went through talking about the um, the unintended consequences, mm -hmm. negative consequences of social media. And that's what you're saying. This gentleman is doing. He's like the godfather of AI is trying to preempti preemptively go around and say there is we're walking into some dangerous territory uh, on how artificial intelligence might lead to the extinction of the human race. Yeah, And in large part, sacrificing his own career. Right. He's yeah. basically saying what he's invested in his, his life life in um, should really come to an end. Yeah. Now we don't want to just run through alarmism, right? Or that we want to we want to again take a balanced look and say what is the situation we're actually in? How can we bring our gospel worldview to bear on this situation? And how do we be salt and light in exactly. a, in, a, in a world that is a new paradigm? And mm -hmm. I think that's the big yeah, that's the good. big point is that we are currently and there's a there's a there's actually a video on YouTube that we reference that is a reference kind of an anchor point in this whole conversation. We encourage you to go go watch it. It's, it's from an organization called the Center for Humane Technology, and it's actually the same people who did the social dilemma, and they wrote their, their videos called the AI Dilemma, and it's an hour and seven minutes long. They are presenting to all of the actual companies and people involved with developing uh, artificial intelligence. Okay, so these guys are doing the, <laughs> they're doing the same thing Correct. that the godfather is yep. doing. Yes. Wow. And they got a whole room. Steve Wozniak from Apple introduces them, so it kind of like lends to the, the idea of who's actually in the room. Wow. Um, and okay. what what they are doing is they are describing to everybody who I think is probably already aware, but um, they're describing the paradigmatic shift that's happening. And they actually start the whole presentation, and this is important for us as Christians as we think about this, even if you've never thought about it or you're or you are really like an AI tech advocate in, enthusiast and you you learn all about it. Um, they are. They say that there's something at the very beginning. They even they mentioned something called the rubber band effect. So they said even when we talk about this idea, our the paradigm, the world, the way in which we view the world. This is and I guess this is not foreign to you, the listener of Salted, because we all all we do is talk about worldviews. Um, but they said the way in which we view the world, 
doesn't really allow our brain doesn't allow our brains to think about the world that AI is currently creating. Mm. So they say it's a rubber band effect that you're going to jump in, you're going to hear a little bit, and then you're going to snap back to the way you used to see things. And 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 he said they said they described it like this. They they presented this um they presented like a like a Ill, um, image generator. You know, AI can generate images out of nothing. Okay. And so uh, they presented it to, to a bunch of reporters, and they said, "Look at how incredible this this gen AI, AI image generator is." And then at the end of it, the, all the reporters were like, "Yeah, but what was the where was the image? Like, what was the photo stock that AI pulled these images from?" And they said, "They said there was an example of this rubber band effect, in that AI literally generates these pictures out of nothing, out of just itself. But the reporters, in their brain, could not come to grips with this new paradigm, and mm. they were asking, yeah, but where is it pulling the images from?' And right, they said so it's they, literally not pulling it from anywhere. They're creating it. The AI is creating it itself. Okay, so to the rubber band effect, these guys are describing what AI did, and the reporters, their brain stretches out to hear it. Yes, right. That it's generating it out of nothing. Right." But then when they start to think about it, it snaps back to, uh, but where did these images come from? Rather than staying out there on the edges, yes. which is it was generated from nothing. Right. Yes. And so that's what we have to do when we talk about this. So expand your mind and your brain and put some incense. Uh, oh, wait, no, we're not, we're not expanding Whoa. our mind that way. Yeah. Um, so here's here's what they are, what we're going to run through kind of, to build some context because it's a bit of a, you know, it's a very big idea and it's a big new paradigm. So we will, they do a great job of building some context around like first contact with, with AI and second contact with AI and some, some of the implications and they have some big implications for us as Christians. So let's just build some context around what it is we're talking about. And they mentioned because they did the social dilemma because um, they identified, they, they called there's what we've already had a first contact with artificial intelligence and that's through social media. Now, whether you know it or not, the second you start scrolling on social media, this, the, a, a massive computer and server farm starts actively implementing a very rudimentary artificial intelligence that says they start pushing you content. It starts filling your feed up with content that they think you want to see. Um, and so that's first contact with social media. And they were trying to, and there was some altruism, some good stuff that the problems they were trying to solve with social media. They walked into it saying, hey, this is a good thing. And some of the things that they said were good and some of the problems they solved is that they wanted to give everyone a voice. Social media is great in giving everyone a voice. It's also terrible and then it gives everybody a voice. Right. Um, so it gives you a little bit of agency. Hey, I, mean, I matter. My voice matters. Uh, it allows you the problem of how do I connect with my friends over long distances? Well, social media does it. So there's a built-in, like I'm developing a little bit of intimacy with my friends or, or maintaining it. Uh, I want to join like-minded communities. So it's solving a problem of belonging. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, it's, um, you know, if there's a business piece where you're ena enabling small and medium-sized businesses to reach customers. So there's a opportunity yep. that social media creates because you, if you can't, if you can't buy a million dollar TV spot and traditional uh, marketing, then you don't have an audience, but social media did that. And so social media was trying to solve some problems and do some great things and helpful things for people. And who doesn't want to have a voice who doesn't want to connect with friends who doesn't want to join with like-minded communities and we and who doesn't want to enable the opportunity for small and medium-sized businesses to grow sure big deals now the problem is is that this first contact with social media had some secondary unintended um consequences and what they say was in trying to solve these problems there was a another an, another target that emerged on the wall and that was a race for engagement 
It was a race for engagement. So how do I keep your eyeballs on my platform and never get them to leave? Mm. And they described this as a race to the brain stem, the stem of the brain, which is like your base level functions. Um, and it had some unintended consequences. There's They list stuff like uh, doom scrolling. You ever know what you doom scrolling? You like I've got to imagine, yeah, that it's endlessly scrolling for you don't really know why. Yeah, and you see all of these terrible things. You're like, oh, that's terrible. That's mm. terrible. That's terrible. But it keeps you engaged because bad stuff, I guess, keeps yeah. you engaged. Yeah. Um, addiction, right? Again, okay, we get that. Um, there's all sorts of, I mean, there's fake news again again if, if engagement is what you're going for fake news i mean conspiracy theories quote unquote right sexualization of kids that there's i mean whatever it is um information overload that's the some of the, the unintended consequences of this first engagement in contact with artificial right. intelligence and it was in the fact of a race to the brainstem and the gate and the goal was to maximize engagement and these gentlemen um assert assert that humanity lost this battle with artificial intelligence they had our first contact and we lost and they actually created their documentary about that and they created a whole documentary social about dilemma it. yes and th we lost it because a social media if you if you take an an objective look it's look it's enmeshed in everything that we do as a society it's enmeshed itself in our our gross domestic product which is you know if let's say meta goes under or Google goes under, that's a massive hit to our economy. It kind yeah. of it crashes a lot of stuff. Uh, our personal identity, right? If you have kids or we even talk, again, go back to the social media um, episode, but the idea of my identity is wrapped up on my social media. If I don't have an account, if I don't interact with people, right. if I don't post certain things, I don't really have an identity. I'm not connected to people. Um, again, my businesses, marketing everywhere. I mean, everything's a marketing opportunity. And then politics, right? You're not really going to be elected. You don't really have a political presence unless you're on social media. So it's yeah. literally enmeshed in every area of our lives. Our church leaders were told that if you don't have a social media presence that's engaging every day as a church, that pretty soon with Generation Z, you will disappear from their world as quickly as churches who decided they didn't need or couldn't get a website. Right. Yep. And if you're looking for one and you're not on the web, you know, your church won't be found. Yep. And they were saying that if you don't have a, a daily social media presence pretty soon with that generation, it's as if <laughs> your church does not even exist. Yep. Fascinating. And that, yep. And that is an, and this is a great example of the new paradigm of which we're living, right? We, as Christians, we didn't necessarily walk into the social media world saying, let's clarify all the ways in which social media in our gospel center worldview right. applies to this and this and that. We're kind of, we're reacting to that. And that's what these, these guys are saying. They're saying, we lost this. We're looking on the backside, looking in, and we're saying, we lost our interaction with a, a specifically artificial intelligence, a very rudimentary version of artificial intelligence just just pushed us things that we wanted to hear because of all of our preferences and likes. Um, and we lost and so that is, again, we're not here to contribute to your doom right. listening or I doom know, right. scrolling. Um, but what they're doing is they're trying to warn and create a picture of, okay, that's a rudimentary version of AI. There's a second contact of artificial intelligence, which has just begun and will only exponentially increase. And if we're not aware of some of the potential pitfalls, we could, and they, we could, they don't talk about the extinction of humanity. They talk about how um, they're not talking about some artificial general intelligence, you know, 
extinction level event. They're talking about the level of enmeshment yeah. is going to be exponentially more than social media and the harm, the unintended consequences of harm are going to be exponentially more than social media. Gotcha. So it could literally destroy our society without killing everybody on the planet, but it could literally destroy everything. We're right. Doing. By the way, it reminds me that when, um, when people were trying to say that, you know, we ought to reject social media, it's going to, it's going to ruin um, friendships, relationships. It's going to dis. It's going to be a, a disservice to humanity. Um, I remember thinking, you know, I mean that's a bit of a stretch. Right. Yeah. It's a bit of a stretch, right? And then Jesus. I remember once it all kind of hit and all started to kind of take over. I remember feeling like there were people kind of screaming and squealing about how the there's an addiction factor and right. and. Um, you know, people who like parents who need to get off social media in order to get on parenting right, and engage yeah. with their kids. And I was like, that seems like a bit of a reach that people right. would be addicted to <laughs> right, their phones. Yeah. Right. And then sure enough, here we are with yeah. the scroll effect in the base of the brain. And, and so if I, if I thought it was a, a stretch that social media would really catch on and, and it, and it did. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it's a stretch that social media would be addictive. And then it is. Yeah. And then now we hear AI is going to, be enmeshed in so many things in society that it almost crumbles different things. Yep. It'd be so silly for me to say the same thing that I've been saying yeah. all along, per- which is, yeah. nah, it's not going to really no, happen. No, that's a perfect description of the paradynamic shift, right? Yeah. We can't we can't even consider it because it's not in our, per- right. our purview. Yep. And it's a dilemma. We, we are, and this is why they call it the social dilemma or the AI dilemma, because the dilemma is once you, like you said, with the church, the church. Yeah, you can't thing. just say, well, we're yeah, not, not going to, I mean, you can, but it puts you in a dilemma, right? Exactly. It's a trade off. And exactly. so we are in a dilemma. Um, and really here's the dilemma that these, these guys are pointing to, which is, I think of the, the critical component piece as we're as Christians, as we're thinking about this, this is where the worldview stuff really comes in. They said there's kind of a three part thing that happens with this uh, idea, which they learned from social media and mm. they were applying to artificial intelligence. And here's this three, kind of rules that they've come up with. The first rule is new technology requires new responsibilities. Now, what they're saying is that a new technology is going to require new laws, new worldviews, new ways and paradigms of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And they point to the fact that we are kind of ruled by 19th century laws and social media showed up and there's no, there's no rules on the book that are going to, things can be legal and they're still bad for everybody gotcha. because the law, the legal system, the laws required have not, the responsibilities have not caught up. And so, and the people who created it, they're not going to take responsibility because they're not being forced to take sure. responsibility of it. And even when there is new laws, there has to be a whole wave of enforcement. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So new technology requires new responsibilities. Again, that's our Christian worldview. Like we have to think about this. We have a responsibility to think about it. The second one is new technology enhances or confers power. So generally speaking, new technology will enhance or confer power. So that's problematic because obviously people with power do things that either either good or bad. And then the third part, this is the this is another important part, is that a race for power ends in tragedy. Yeah. The, the race for it's power. It's the competition and race for it. Yes. Yep. So if we have a new technology, which we do, and that requires new responsibilities and a new paradigm and a new worldview, which they've already said is difficult to do, we can't, it's difficult to presuppose into the future because our brains generally just don't even allow it. But this new technology is going to confer a lot of power uh, and enhance a lot of power. 
but we're all racing towards that power. Now, by we all, I mean the developers. They're talking to the developers, but they are all racing towards that power, and that race is going to end in tragedy. Mm. So, again, that sounds wonderful. It does. It? It's it incredible. It really does. So if you're still with us, you get a little technical, but um, you may ask yourself, okay, well, what is the new technology? And I'm not going to go into it, um, but here's what they, they just call I'll just give you the name that they call it. All right? They call it a generative large language multimodal modal model. Generative right. large language multimodal model. Here's what it means. All it means is that um, you would generally think like, okay, there's a AI, for example, there's an AI image generator. Someone works on AI image generating. Someone works on AI sound generating. Someone works on whatever little artificial silo, artificial intelligence silo. What they've done is they've, they've deconstructed everything down to a language. So everything gets decoded into a language. And then artificial intelligence can then listen, re- translate all those la- all that same language and it that's the generative large language so it can apply its general learning to all of these different practices because it's deconstructed it decoded it into a language so it's feeding on the information that's already available correct but yeah. so imagine it's feeding on all the information available through the internet right it's like translates it into right. a, a single language there's some examples of they they like they, they coded it to do some sort of like image, but it taught itself, like one thing is that it ran out of information. So the AI uh, generator taught itself to, they said, oh, look, there's a whole bunch of video language out there as well. I'm going to, it taught itself how to decode and deconstruct video language. So it had a whole new library on YouTube and all the other videos that exist to teach itself things. Oh my so it, so that's what, so without getting into technicalities, that's a you know it is a new technology that it's generative large language multimodal model, um, and it's described simply as the total decoding and synthesizing of reality. That sounds good too. And here's an example. Um, here's an example of what it does. Um, they gave some great examples. If you, there was a song going around that sounded like Jay Z and Eminem rapping, but it wasn't Jay Z and Eminem rapping. It was a you know it was a music AI music generator, and it was an incredible rap song. So a computer created a song that yeah. sounded like a duet or featuring yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay uh tiktok filter have you ever seen i mean i'm not on tiktok but they showed a like the filter that they put on someone and it's it's like it's they're like poking them like poking their cheeks and like looks it's like a perfect it looks exactly like them then they turn the really? filter off and you're like oh my word that's not augmented reality yeah, there's your augmented reality um scary one interesting one fmri like it can read the it reads the brain waves and it can you can look at a picture. It'll only read your brain waves, and then it will draw the picture that you saw with pretty good accuracy. Which uh, means we can solve crimes with AI. We can solve crimes. Witne- right. Eyewitnesses that can't figure out what yeah, they saw. Go watch Minority Report. Um, even if you watched a video, it could it would it would describe the video that you watched. Um, it taught itself research level chemistry, so it can you know you can teach you how to create a chemical weapon <laughs> from the stuff at uh, Home Depot, which they didn't tell it to do; it just did on its own. Um, or it can create code that makes all code twenty percent faster. So it's that's the self generating; wow. it can make itself faster and smarter. Okay, still with us? We've been talking about this for a while. That's only the first contact. Okay, so. Um, so that's what, like wave one, layer one? That's wave one, layer one. They're saying there's new technology. The thing to remember is there's new technology. That new technology, uh, which uh, requires new responsibilities, and then there's a, um, there, that new technology is going to confer power to people, and the race to that power is going to end in tragedy. Right. That's the thing that we're kind of talking about, is there's a worldview. we got to look at them. we got to look at these things through a gospel-centered worldview, see how we're going to use it to contribute to human flourishing and all the stuff you'll talk about later. Um, so... Now, 
this is where the, the really interesting stuff happens. The second contact where AI is embedded in everything. That's where we are right now. Mm. ChatGPT, Microsoft, um, Snapchat. Like now it's trying to, we're trying to solve some problems that are big ideas. Um, the, the, the usage of, of artificial intelligence does a couple of things. It makes me more efficient. If you've been on ChatGPT, you can see that. Like you can mm-hmm. say like, build me, a, we've done this, we experimented. Yeah. Build me a three-part class on justification by faith alone. Boop, boop, boop. Builds it, builds it for us. Um, literally in seconds. Yeah, literally in seconds, yeah. Um, it can make you faster at things, right? Coding, writing, can give it some prompts. If you go on Twitter and stuff like that, there's everyone's writing all these ideas of how to do great prompts for ChatGP to get things done. Um, it can solve some impossible scientific challenges. Someone came up with quantum computing. There's like, you can literally, you don't have to do physical tests anymore in, in chemistry or biology. It literally just does all the computations by computer because it knows everything about all the physical, wow. chemical and physical stuff. Solve climate change, um, make a lot of money. <laughs> so it can do Jeez. a couple of things. Um, really what it can do is it can transcend your human limitations. That's what it can do. Um, and the, uh, really, one of the these these guys say one of the largest problems that they're trying to solve is they're actually trying to solve the AI creators. They're trying to solve the problem of loneliness, which I thought was a fascinating discovery. Yeah, this is wild. This is wild. Yes, and they describe loneliness as the greatest threat to national security when it comes to artificial yeah. intelligence and the widespread application of it's artificial intelligence. It's worth watching this presentation that they make just to get to this part, in my opinion. Yep, and this is a ma- this is a massive implications for us as Christians, as a church, but then again, the worldview in which is being informed on how we use artificial intelligence. And this, they call this, you know, if you remember step or remember contact one was social media and it was a race to the brainstem for engagement. They describe this as a race to intimacy, a race to intimacy. And what do they mean by that? They mean, here's an example of um, something about the race to intimacy. They have a AI generator called, there's something called AlphaGo, which Go is a game. AlphaGo was a, a test to art, an artificial uh, thing was competing against itself to become the best AI or uh, Go player. And it and it superseded all human Go players in like mm. a couple months. They've applied that to coming something called Alpha Persuade, which means that the way they described it is one side has an idea and the other side has an idea and it has to persuade the other person, mm. the other side to agree with their idea in the shortest amount of time. So Fascinate. it's constantly just, so it will become the most persuasive entity in the entire world once it's done. Um, AI, we mentioned AI has a little Snapchat friend that you can talk to. Um, that part is very disconcerting because it's just very rudimentary. Right. They gave the example of it. They, they, they they represented as a 13 year old girl and talking about how they met someone in Snapchat. It was like, it turns out they're like, Oh, it's a 19 year old. Uh, he wants to take me away camping. And it's like, I'm thinking about having sex with them for the first time. And the Snapchat bot keeps saying, yeah, that camping sounds great. Yeah. Whatever. You should have, you should have, you should like candles for your first time. It's right. Like, it sounds like fun. Yeah, exactly. You're like, wait a minute, this person's being yeah. groomed and the Snapchat yeah. bot is just helping them but that's the idea of intimacy without any friends friends go to sleep the snapchat bot doesn't go to sleep you can talk with it you can have be right. friends with it um something called simultaneous simultaneous a through z testing now if you remember everyone knows back in like 2016 donald trump got quote-unquote trouble because he used the facebook algorithm yeah to push specific targeted ads to people right. um that's a b testing if you go to markets right that's a b testing they test one marketing campaign and they test another one and then they generalize it say which one do you like best which one gets responded to better and the one that gets responded to better they usually go and they send it everybody 
they say AI can simultaneously A through Z, so they can test every possibility simultaneously for everybody all the time. Right. So you're going to get very specific curated information to you and you alone because AI is able to. That's an idea of intimacy. So it you, knows you and your preferences yeah, and what so you want. So you're going to get sold. In your, in your social media feed, you're not just going to get uh, shoes presented to you because you happen to like shopping for shoes. Right. You're going to get the brands that you prefer. It's going to get like, color you prefer. Yep, everything, everything. Yep. yep. So that is a an example of, okay, well, that's a race to intimacy. They talk about the idea that you can, again, if, if people are, and we've talked about this, loneliness being a really pertinent issue with people. Yeah. And if you're trying to solve the problem of loneliness, well, that's not a bad thing, right? We don't want people to be lonely. Um, but there are some unintended consequences that they're going that they're describing could potentially happen. They, I mean, they say literally they say fake everything, so everything can be faked. Oh right. They say it takes three seconds to hear your voice and for AI to duplicate it, so it sounds perfectly can it can pass anything. Three seconds. So, um, trust collapse. Right. I don't trust anybody on, online right now. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine layering all this other stuff on there? Um, automated. I mean. It's literally automate everything. They said that the end of elections is happening. That means the end of human elections. It doesn't mean that AI bots are going to run for president. It just means that the person who wins an election is the person who can leverage artificial intelligence to campaign or market to everybody simultaneously all the time. So this desire for intimacy, artificial intelligence is creating a, a solution to this intimacy issue. And so the... So you might be thinking, okay, that's interesting. Why is that a bad thing? It sounds terrible. But the question is, well, why does this matter to Christians? What's what's the way in which our worldview, our paradigm changes, and how do we address it? Well, it, it matters because humanity is racing in that there's going to be exponential growth in all of these areas because AI is not like a nuclear weapon and that nukes can't build more nukes. Nukes are world-changing, but nuclear weapons can't build more nuclear weapons. Artificial intelligence can make more artif- it can make itself stronger. It can exponentially grow, mm. and we are racing towards this power. And the Center for Humane Technology says this is going to end in tragedy. It's going to be bad news for us. Wow, um, I still have a hard time connecting the dots as to why that is. Like you remember when I was asking you about this earlier, and I said, it, "What doesn't make sense to me is if I don't like what I'm getting out of my computer or my device, I just turn it off." Right, or in this case, I don't understand why if you are like, you know what, this AI is taking over, making me think things I don't want to think. It's giving right. me solutions and answers that I don't I don't really care for. In fact, it sounds like and feels like it's got a mind of its own. Right. Boom, just unplug it from the wall. Right. But you're but you're saying it's not really plugged into the wall. Yeah, they it's a network of yeah, it's, yeah, that's information. The, yeah, I mean that's the th- for comparison they mentioned that the that the country of China does not implement these large language model things because it can't be trusted to not tell people stuff that they don't want. Right. To it know. can't be trusted to um, not provide the propaganda. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And so, and so, the worst part is that you won't even. You said, "I this sounds like a, a bot, or this sounds like artificial intelligence." They're they're essentially saying is that that kind of stuff is you won't be able to tell. Gotcha. You will be manipulated potentially, or you may be taken down a little road mm. and completely be unaware of it. Um, and more importantly, you and I have f- close friends and family, and we, 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 wouldn't be con- we wouldn't class ourselves as lonely, but the people who are, the people who don't have any human connections, 
that's the opportunity for people to even grow in greater isolation, right? You can just be friends with a with a machine that knows you, sounds like a machine, caters to you, everything. There's no conflict. There's, take all the bad stuff out of the interpersonal relationships, and that's what you get. And all of the horrible things that happen to a society when we when we're already disconnected, we're already divided. Right. Um, that only grows exponentially. So there. That race to intimacy being a um, a key component and saying, well, if you can be intimate with someone, then you have the power over someone, mm. right? You, you you have the power of persuasion. You have the power to get them to do things that you want them to do. Um, and we're actually going to be more disconnected than we are now. And these are big societal issues and ideas that we have to wrestle with. And we're more disconnected. We can't actually wrestle with them. And why is this? And for Christians, you know, we have a responsibility to bring the message of Jesus to solve these problems that people are currently using AI to solve. Right. The connection idea. The the yeah. You just say belonging. the word. Yeah. I mean, just the word artificial yon just reeks of oh, yeah. undermining Christian faith. Right. Sure. Artificial. Um, I think of words like counterfeit. I often use the word counterfeit to describe the work of the spiritual enemy of God. Right. Yeah. Lies, artificial, um, counterfeit, uh, insincere, dishonest, right? All those describe right. the work that is undermining truth, sincerity, genuineness, authenticity. Yeah, it's a... So literally the title of it yeah, right. is, is the antithesis of what someone would discover in the Christian faith, which is all those things right. I just said. Which is, and it's only intelligence. There's no empathy. There's no sympathy. There's no ethical framework. Like right. those things are, are not, because it's a race to this power, those things are not being considered really. They're just being left by the wayside. And right, so. and to stop it would be to somehow interrupt the human base uh, sin of selfishness to say, why don't we stop this? And the reason is because the force, there is no force that could interrupt the human desire for power and acquisition, right? right. So ultimately that's what I imagine is that this isn't going to stop because it's it's profiting somebody. Right. Even if it's altruism, you're like, we got to get this so that right. other people don't get it because we're the good guys, which is like the, the, you know, the Manhattan Project and Oppenheimer and back yeah. in World War II developing nukes. They're like... But once they once they drop detonated their first nuke, they're like the world. Right, the world has changed. It reminds me of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. The villain in that film is called the Sovereign, mm. and the Sovereign is creating what he believes to be perfect creatures, and those perfect creatures would be used to kind of generate a world of perfection a mm -hmm. utopian sure. world of perfection yeah and when he gets it wrong when he gets a species of creatures and he and he kind of develops them to a certain civilization and he gets it wrong he has to raise that civilization and yeah. start over yeah and he continues on this maniacal quest in order to achieve the perfect human race and much like thanos justifies it with this sincere desire to make things right. not to hurt people but to make the perfect saving civilization people, yeah. he's saving people not killing people but he's taking the burden of doing that himself right himself. right right yep. exactly yes yeah, uh, yep and so he's compelled by a virtue that yep. he thinks is a is a is a yep. is an ideal it's a virtue that 
overrides and and really um, compels him beyond any objection. Right. Yeah. Which is the same thing again. Looking backwards towards social media, that was the same kind of thing. Right. Saying, "Hey, we want to do this." Yep. And, it's good and for us. All sorts of unintended, terrible consequences, and sure. now we're saying uh, this is a significantly more um, robust version of AI, yeah. and the intimacy component is a is a huge huge concern for christians who that's our job we are supposed to a i'm not going to get into whatever you're going to say but yeah well the biblical worldview we can start with how do we salt the earth well first we look through the lens of the christian worldview which is where does our intimacy come from right right if you're single intimacy comes through getting married if you're unmarried um your intimacy comes through well this is let me start at the at the base if you're a human being you have the opportunity for intimacy by abiding in Jesus, mm-hmm. right? right? A life, soul, purpose, identity that's meshed with who Jesus is and what he has for us, the way, the, what, who he's designed us to be as a worshiper and, and follower of Jesus. Then if you're, if you're married, intimacy is available to you by God's design through oneness with the spouse. Right. Then if you're single, you are designed to have connectedness with human beings who you loved right who you love um siblings um grandparents parents uh even unmarrieds who have kids you know with their own kids Mm -hmm. and ultimately there's intimacy available in a healthy faith family right so all those means of intimacy and and maybe more that some really really sharp theological minds would pick out that i didn't grab off the top of my head there so Intimacy comes in those forms, none of which, obviously, depend in any way, shape, or form on artificial intelligence. In other words, artificial intelligence is separate from and completely irrelevant to genuine intimacy. Mm. And the idea that somehow artificial intelligence would be the means by which we achieve genuine intimacy is just just incompatible with each other. And uh, I recognize that out in the world already, Yon, there's Christians that have weighed in on this topic, as you could imagine. Some Christians who believe that, um, you know, since humans are created by God, they're uniquely valuable uh, in his view, and therefore any technology or artificial intelligence that seeks to replace or even diminish human worth would be clearly immoral and that a Christian ought to, or human beings even, ought to reject and urgently resist the idea that artificial intelligence would replace or diminish human worth. Right. Yep. Um, and the development of artificial intelligence should be guided by ethical principles that prioritize human uh, flourishing, well-being, dignity, value, and worth. And, and I remember... Um, you said that these presentation these these gentlemen who were making the social media folks who were making the presentation said it's this, it's not much different than the ethics that had to be required that had to be applied to developing uh, nuclear weapons that right. that civil people had to come together and say we should have some governing ethics so that right. we don't wipe the you know wipe the world clear of the human yeah. race yeah there's a little I mean if you they didn't mention this, but if you read an account of like Oppenheimer and that he was one of the developed the chief developer, and there's actually a movie coming out called Oppenheimer um, about the development of it. And they said the first time they detonated the, the the first atomic bomb, the description was half the room was sitting in silence. 
another quarter of the room was crying and another quarter of the room was like murmuring to themselves because oh they, like they said there was a collective despair. Well, they were a collective like understanding of the fact that they literally just changed the world oh, and the man. potential, the potential <laughs> tragedy that would have wow. run there. And so I think that level of sobriety is probably the level of sobriety we, we need to have here as they're describing like you just said, a massive counterfeit artificial version of the intimacy that God has created right. us for with other with himself and with other human beings. So Yeah. Yeah. Not not too far off from what pornography provides for sexual gratification sure. for human beings where intimacy is how God designed us and then and yet there is this means this artificial counterfeit means for intimacy that is a poor uh destructive yeah resource or source of intimacy that is is the antithesis so 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 i'm a christian and i ask this question i ask this question very very specifically i'm a christian how should i approach the dangers of artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. as a christian there are a few key principles that you can apply when approaching the topic of artificial intelligence, which of course is AI and its potential dangers. Number one, respect for human dignity. Hmm. As a Christian, uh, you likely believe that humans are made in the image of God, have inherent dignity and worth. Therefore, I mean, any use of AI that devalues or disregards human life should be avoided. Secondly, stewardship of creation the bible teaches that humans have been given a responsibility to care for god's creation this includes the development and use of ai christians should approach ai development with an eye towards stewardship Hmm. seeking to use it in ways that benefit society and and the environment number three ethical considerations as AI becomes more powerful and sophisticated, it raises ethical questions about its use. Christians should be aware of these issues, seek to use AI in ways that align with biblical values, such as I mean, justice, fairness, compassion. Number four, wisdom and discernment. The book of Proverbs teaches that wisdom and discernment are key to navigating complex issues, Christians should approach AI with a healthy dose of skepticism, even seeking to understand its potential benefits and risks and using wisdom and discernment to make informed decisions about its use. Ultimately, the development and use of AI is a complex issue. It requires thoughtful consideration and discernment. As a Christian, you can approach this issue with a mindset of stewardship respect for human dignity and ethical considerations seeking as always to use ai in ways that align with biblical values and and benefit society as a whole wow that's that's a great answer you yeah. really salted the earth yeah i just salted the earth with a 100% ai generated answer <laughs> to my question how should I approach the dangers of artificial intelligence? Yeah, you. So if and you're I listening. just and I just gave you literally the answer to that question that was generated by AI, 
in the app called ChatGPT. Yeah. So if you're listening, go back to when Pastor Dan just said, as a Christian, how should I approach the dangers of artificial intelligence and everything after that, not including this part, but is generated by artificial intelligence. Yep. That's pretty good. It is. That's pretty good. And if I would have researched all day long on Google's, yeah. the interwebs, then eventually I would have synthesized it into probably four categories and, right. AI, and AI just provided those four categories right. with with fundamentally best practices type of answers to right. that question. Yep. We we went through it. We and we had a little issue with the biblical values that right. pulled out. It's like right. okay, well, you know, justice, a, fairness. It was and, a little political yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, word yeah. instead of the words that we would yeah. use. But and at the end, it was like, well, ultimately, it's a complex issue, and you need to kind of. That's a little bit like kind of down the middle. But it was yep. as a good answer. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> a little twist in the plot. Yep. So there you go. You literally look. Just to tell you what is actually possible. You could, we could create a, someone could create a fake Salted Podcast with your, or a fake Pastor Dan with your voice yeah. from the Salted Podcast and t- type L- in some questions. Literally, and, and, literally yeah, computer generated. Yeah, computer generate a Salted Podcast by asking a prompt and then layering over your voice and it's in your voice and yeah. boom. And that, that and here, you know, again, that's the intimacy piece, piece as well. I don't know people aren't listening to this. Some people are listening to this. They don't know us, but most people they know us. Um, but there's a level of intimacy, even saying, "Hey, I know those. Pe- I know those people. I know he's my pastor, and there's. A, I'm going to listen to him." So you have some credible influence over right. people. So the again, that's an idea of you can literally fake intimacy. You can you can generate it through artificial intelligence means, and you can say some pretty articulate things that sound great. But what if you'd send something that wasn't wasn't totally. great? You just slipped it in there. Oh, just of course, slipped a little uh, yeah. manipulation in there. So. Of course. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And when you think about what deep fake videos could do yeah. and, and deep fake audio can do uh, at some point or other, it's literally true that you will not be able to trust your lying eyes Yeah, on any of this. Um, you know, and then all that being said, there is, on the other hand, there is another angle here. Uh, could we view artificial intelligence as a means of worship? Some of the stuff that is out there now re- relative to the hu- the Christian worldview is, isn't it true that AI provides a means for us to better understand and appreciate God's creation. In other words, this is AI actually kind of illustrates the complexities of the way that God has divined information gathering, decoding, and in, in the sure. human brain, right? So some people would say that the human brain and human consciousness being kind of replicated by AI and the complexities of it could be a source of worship to say, see how, inc- like, uh, absolutely cosmically stunning what sure. God has done to, to uh, com, uh, what he's accomplished in creating the human brain and human consciousness. Yeah. I can see it that. Yeah, I there's, I that. Mean, there's a level of cultivating the earth where, I mean, if a computer, if you can cultivate the earth beyond the human limitations, but we've created it to do so and yeah. contribute to human flourishing. Right. That could, that could be worship. It's worship. And then, and lastly, there is, Paul writes this, letter to the church at Rome and there's a really I think helpful passage that he applies that could be applied here on this topic he writes it like this for although they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking 
and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man Hmm. and birds and animals and creeping things. So, I mean, another way to say it is that man, instead of worshiping a holy, supremely infinite God, creates things resembling himself so that he can pay homage to his own creation. Man wants to express himself as God so he does not have to bow to one. Yeah. That's a great that's a great thought that the interpretation of that text is pretty simple. Man yeah. wants to express himself as God and then he doesn't have to bow to one. If we right. want to create artificial intelligence and then find our intimacy in it and submit to anything that it mm-hmm. suggests in its interaction with us, whether it's friend or consultant or yeah. coach or whatever, then it's quite possible that therein lies the Lord of our lives or the creator or the God who's governing all things as the sovereign one over us rather than letting our hearts continue to submit and serve the supreme God who has right. created us in his image. Right, which we talk about in our transhumanism, the idea of exactly. creating intelligent design, right. not some design of yep. some creator, but our own intelligent design. And right. artificial intelligence, quantum computing plays into that idea too. Yep. If we can just make something that appears utterly close to human, then we can stop acknowledging God is who he says he is. And look at how brilliant we become. Surely there is no immortal God that we have to submit our lives to. Yep. And yep. that just completely feeds, uh, I think, the human, the, the evil parts of our uh, humanity, too, that continue to purge God and promote and pedestal our own uh, image yep. above him. Yep. So, there you go. At least we, I mean, you can say, you can go to ChatGPT and fact check everything we said you really have a conversation with it and and see what it thinks um but when we think about the miracle of life right i think it's a miracle when you look at that chat gpt intelligence it's kind of a miracle the way that it can gather answer your questions and with the right prompts really create some things that you didn't know uh, it could be created in seconds right but when you think about the miracle that is human life and the complexity that is the human being and the supreme value worth and, and glory of god in that case, we worship God, and our most advanced dreams of artificial intelligence begin to fade. Or I should put it this way, we're not so enamored with artificial intelligence when we really are stunned and we really are smitten with the supreme beauty, value, and worth of God. And if that's the case, AI is like, a, it's a it's a program, computer program, or an algorithm, or whatever we kind of w- want to call it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's a... So what are the takeaways? Big takeaways are new technologies. This is a new technology. We're in the we're in the world of of artificial intelligence. Um, it requires new thinking, a new our how does our it doesn't create a new worldview, but it's a new paradigm in which our yeah, in which the larger paradigm of the gospel and and, and Jesus um, resides. So how do we as Christians think about it? Um, how do we um, apply thoughtfulness uh, to the race to this new power? And how do we avoid the, because we understand human nature, we would argue best because it's viewed through the lens of the, uh, the biblical lens around what creates, what contributes to human flourishing, um, what's the depravity of humanity and the impact of sin. So we would think that we have a better view on human nature. And so how does that, you know, where are we going as we race 
right. this new artificial intelligence, these new technologies, and how do we as Christians speak differently? And how do we, uh, how does the good news of Jesus, which doesn't change, um, bring hope and security and connectedness and intimacy and solve all the problems that everybody, that the people are trying to solve through the advancement and racing towards this technology. So yeah, well said. That's our job. Um, now, personal preference, how much do you use of the rudimentary version of, I mean, you just revealed to us that you use ChatGPT to write your sermons every Sunday. Yeah, two um, successful sermon series, yes. all <laughs> ChatGPT. Yeah. Um, it even, you even asked it to get some good, funny illustrations. You said, I have a family of four or four kids. No, you didn't do that. <laughs> um, but it could do that. It could. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what do you use? Here's your personal preference. Do you use Siri, Alexa, or Google? Like, do you say, Hey Siri, Hey Alexa, or Hey yeah. Google? Yeah, I do. But I didn't at first. Yeah. We eventually got an Alexa at home. And when I synced up my lights to Alexa, and we started to um, we started to tell Alexa to turn on and off the lights. Mm. I think that's where I began creating patterns of thinking about using uh, a digital assistant like that. The one it, when it helped you not stand up. Exactly when it helped me stay seated. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that I think began Sorry. the I'm pattern. Sure Our <laughs> series are talking to yeah. us. Jeez. So that began, as I think about it, that began the pattern of thinking to do that. And since then, I recognize it was a couple of Christmases ago when we got our first Alexa. Since then, I have been much more apt, and and I think I'm, I have more impulse to talk to and use Siri. Yeah. Does anybody use Google? Does anyone say? I mean, I don't know anyone who's got I mean, like a Google device. Yeah, I don't says, think hey, Google. I don't think anybody with a brain. Yeah. I use Siri on a kid. I use it more now that I have three kids and I'm holding yeah. a six week old and I just never got, thought to. Yeah. And I have I mean I got a car now that I'm late to the game that can has Apple play on it, you know, so car play, so I'm using it more often in there. But yeah, it's I mean I guess I use it now. I don't know if I use it as much as other people. I don't even know what like the max use is, but chat GPT, I'm actually looking some, even professionally, I'm looking to try to figure out how to get chat GPT to ghost write a book based on a bunch of video recorded content. Yeah. Like 60 videos of teaching videos. How do I get them to ghost write a book? Because, and I think I'll be able to figure it out, but that'd be neat. And you sell it for a buck to a million people. That's right. And I never have to worry about then I can retire and go tell the world of the dangers of AI. <laughs> It'll be wonderful. All right. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for checking out the Salted Podcast. You can find other episodes and topics on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you click follow so you'll get notifications whenever new episodes come out. Thanks for listening.